Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi everyone, this is Chatting with Nat. This is Natalie Jean. Yes, this is Natalie Jean. And today we have singer-songwriter Emily Rona. Hailing from Boston, Massachusetts, Emily spent the first decade of her musical, musical journey convinced she was going to front a punk band. Soon after realizing the marriage of a band didn't suit her, she fled the altar for a sad but a solo career in Nashville. Launching the project in the beginning of 2021, Rona utilized the first tour singles as a way of discussing the intersection between her mental health and sexuality. Now with the new single, Scroll, Rona rounds out her feelings in a fully packaged EP, uncoincidentally coined Sex and Depression, as. S-A-A-D, I love that, sad. Scroll, another cleverly coined title, details the hateful, obsessive relationship most people face with social media. Amen. Though the phenomenon is common, the level of slightly too honest wit is something that can only be found on Rona original. If I post a nip slip, will I get more engagement? As Rona has also discovered, the unfortunate answer is yes. S-A-A-D is available everywhere December 3rd. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Emily. How are thank you? you so much. Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you. I am well. I am still alive, living in a pandemic. Every time you turn around, there's another virus, another name for another variant. It's just, uh, you know, we're all trying to get through the crap. <laughs> it's just been crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how, how have that. You- yeah, so how have you been during this whole pandemic thing? Well, I made an EP is how I coped. Which <laughs> is <laughs> great, which is yeah. awesome. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I love that. I mean, you took the time to take care of yourself and to create music. That means you are a true artist still doing your thing. Um, so one of the questions I like to ask um, everyone is obviously during the pandemic, um, it was crazy. Um, we had a lot of downtime, and you know, some of us were, were working from home. But we can see that the pandemic, there were pros and there were cons. Obviously, the cons were the deaths of many, many millions and millions and millions and millions of people. And some people survived, but they're still going through lingering effects. Some people lost their limbs. I mean, so many bad things. But at the, on the other side, the flip side, there are actually some pros. So the things that I saw were, you know, family members were walking outside. Now, that's not supposed to be a strange thing. But these days in the 21st century, you don't often, a lot, a lot of times, at least in my neighborhood, see families, you know, walking around joyfully together holding hands. The other thing was climate change. Oh, my God. You know, the pollution level went down. The animals were happy. The trees were singing. Everybody was like, oh, here we are. Now, I I read a couple of articles where they said people actually quit their jobs because they realized they wanted to do something where they could be an effective player or they wanted to follow their passion. Um, With artists, you find that um, artists decided to rebrand or they decided to be more an effective player in life. They wanted to do something different. So a lot of people had time to self-reflect is what I'm trying to say. So during that time, or this time, because we're still there, um, did you take time to self-reflect? Um, is that self-reflection part of your UEP? What did you think about? Oh, my God, so much self-reflection happened. I had way too much time to think about myself and my life and my brain. Um, just a little background. I initially moved to Nashville to just be a songwriter um, mm. and write songs for other people. I wanted to write pop songs. And then the pandemic happened and I sort of realized there was this piece of my creativity missing. And Mm. I was writing these songs that I really, really liked that were kind of raunchy and a little too outrageous Mm. for somebody else to want to cut. (laughs) 
And it was the pandemic. And I was just kind of, you know, like sitting there in my house every day being like, well, I'm not doing anything else. Why not just release music? You know, why not do that? Um, So I started plotting that uh, in the thick of the pandemic. um, And it took me a while to really be okay with the fact like, no, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to just put music out under my own name. I was in a punk band for a while, but I, it had never been like the Emily Rana show before. It had never been all on me before. So that part was a little, um, scary. Um, and some of the songs were already written. Some of the songs I was still writing and in writing, uh, the rest of the EP, I was also doing a lot of self-reflection with my mental health. I think being isolated really, um, it put my anxiety into a whole new level of overdrive and really forced me to actually seek the help that I needed. Like I started going to therapy. I got a psychiatrist. Um, Mm. I started taking medication for it. I got an actual diagnosis and I'm still an anxious person, but I think I take a lot better care of myself now because I was put in a situation where I couldn't be distracted from it anymore. That's really good. Before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, Before I have, the pandemic, I was distracted all the time. Hmm. I have to applaud you on that because it takes a true person to really identify, really self-reflect and say, okay, this is where I need to work on myself. It's not about anybody else. It's just you realizing I need to take control of this situation. So kudos mm-hmm. for doing that um, because that's very Thanks. important. I think a lot of us uh, go through anxiety. I think some more than most. Um, especially dealing with something like a pandemic where you have to wear a mask. You have oh, to yeah. Touch this, don't touch your face. You normally touch your face and you're just like, you're, well, that's a habit. I do it anyway. Um, and then you just have to, you almost have to turn into a different person. Um, so, yeah, no, I completely applaud you on that. Um, it's interesting that you talk about that because in November, I actually wrote a song um, about what how it would make somebody feel that's more of a person that's an um, extrovert that needed to stay inside mm. the entire time um, and it ha- feeling that kind of anxiety. Um, and it's really, it's, it's a dark song. It's a weird song that I did. Cause I like to do weird things. I don't care. I'm like you. I just, I like, oh, to, cre- I I, I like to create what I want to create. I don't have time for anybody to tell me, Oh no, Natalie, don't do that. I, and I think, and I applaud you on that that's level that. as well. Because we need more artists like that, that want to create the music that, you know, that's within them that they want to express. Because what you're basically expressing is something else somebody else wants to express at the same time. You know what I mean? It's not, nothing is untouchable. No subject is untouchable. Some people may cringe at some of the topics, but that's okay. Because there's an audience out there for us, for everyone out there. Now, what was it? about the music industry that made you go, whoa, oh my gosh, this is something I have to get into. Um, was it something that you heard, you saw? What was it that said, okay, Emily is music and music is Emily? Oh man, this is going to sound really cheesy, but there was never a second thought. <laughs> Both of my parents are musical, so I grew up um, kind of listening to music in a different way. Like music was just very, very important. My dad had a recording studio in the basement. He would put me in front of a microphone and just press record and just kind of let me do whatever it is that I wanted. Um, so my creativity was really fostered from a young age. So it ended up becoming more of a thing where, like, I create, I need to create, I will die if I do not. How do I make money off of this so I don't have to do anything else ever again? Um, so, yeah, ever since then, it's just been a trajectory of, music just becoming like more and more and more and more and more vital to me. I think it really, really clicked um, when I was 13. Um, My dad used to bring me to a lot of concerts because I was little and they didn't want me to go by myself. We grew up in Boston. It was big city. Um, So we went to Avril Lavigne's The Best Damn Tour and I was so small. I was able to like move through the mosh pit and like get to the very front. And I just watched her the whole time. And I was like, yep, that's it. (laughs) that's what I want to do I don't know what it was about it that made that happen but I was just like yep Mm mm-hmm and it's never been different since then that's awesome so 
how would you describe your music in the sense of what do you think your genre is? Um, and why did you choose that specific genre? Or do you have a genre at all? Because I, you know, I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm an artist, I create. Although I'm focused on Americana, I do write music and perform for different genres. I have been calling it emo pop. Okay. Because it, it definitely is rooted in 2000s emo, all the pop punk I was influenced by. But there's also a lot of electro pop and trap beats. Mm-hmm. the production um but more recently with like the newer stuff i've been writing and recording as well as three-way which is one of the songs on the ep that's coming out on friday um okay. i've been utilizing some country influence in sort of an ironic way because i live in nashville um so there's country music everywhere obviously and i thought it would be really funny to like <laughs> have country sounding music about yeah ways and like really huh. back to sex things because no one would ever expect that no one really wants that in the country world so it just kind of feels fun to kind of like poke at people like that um and there's someone in town Cassie Pope she used to be um the lead singer of Hey Monday which was this pop punk band I'm not sure if you were into that world at all in 2008 but she's amazing and she's kind of country emo now and she's coined the term alternative which I think is great and amazing. So I'm sort of going in an alternative direction as well. What I like about that is that, um, so like I was telling you about my song, but um, so I actually um, Googled because I wanted to see, I was actually looking for like dark Americana music. And what I found was that there's actually country Gothic music. And I was just like, oh, oh my God. God. It's like, what? Country gothic music. Oh, I'm so doing this mess. I am so getting into this. I don't care if they say anything. Because I'm like you. Again, when I create music, I like to do something that's different. Or I like to do something that's a little bit shocking. I like to do something mm-hmm. you know, where people are going to be like, what? Huh? Did she really yes. say about that? Yes, I love that. <laughs> but yeah, there is country gothic. Yeah, you have to Google it, find it. It is, yes, it is out there. I mean, we wow. can genres as well that'll be awesome emo pop emo dark pop i don't know we're just going to do it talk about authenticity how important is it for you to be an authentic artist and to speak your truth (laughs) and your singer very very much so um that might be rooted in my inability to lie I'm i'm a very bad liar um and as someone who has kind of grown up with anxiety, I feel like sometimes it's hard for me to totally feel comfortable being myself around certain people and around certain situations. So music has definitely been an outlet for me for a really long time of like, I can be 100% me right now. It doesn't matter. Um, This is just how I'm going to fully communicate who I am because my brain is being weird about it in other situations. Uh, So it's very important. Yeah. Yeah. And with this particular new artist project, I feel like it's just been so much easier and maybe it is because it's just like, I have a team of people and a team of close friends that I work with who I really love, but it's really me calling the shots and having to make all the decisions. And I've really been able to like, think about not only who I am as a person, but who I am as an artist, like do those things overlap? How much do they overlap? And like, how can I put, all these different parts of myself, not only in the music, but in the branding. I have music to color synesthesia, so I thought it'd be really cool to make each single a different color that I associate with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was just like a little bit like, oh, this is like a part of my personality that I can just throw in here. And maybe right. someone will notice, maybe no one will, but like, I think it's fun. And I feel like I'm expressing myself on a full spectrum, which just makes me feel good, regardless of what happens after that that's awesome now let's talk about gender idea identity give me your feelings on that oh god i love talking about gender here we go um i use she they pronouns and i have been identifying as gender non-conforming um i don't fully feel like a woman i definitely don't feel like a man I have a really close friend of mine who explained that 
instead of gender being looked at as a straight line, like a spectrum, it could be looked at like a triangle where like one corner is non-binary, one corner is male, one corner is female. So I've definitely find myself in between like the female non-binary, but as of recently, I've been more sort of leaning towards the idea of just like fully succumbing to the fact that I don't really think gender exists. Right. <laughs> and um, maybe non-binary is just the way that I want to identify because that also makes me feel like I have a lot of freedom to express myself however I want. Like there's just no rules at all. Um, but also try to figure out how to do that and still like acknowledge the fact that I have a female body and like, what does that mean? Abortion rights, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, like all of that stuff and not like discounting that right. either because there's still so much about feminism and womanhood that's really, really important. So maybe a lot of it too is me trying to figure out a new way to identify what it means to be feminine without mm-hmm. feeling like I have to really to come to a label because that's another thing like I, I'm not really huge on, on labels very much okay. I look for the biggest like the vaguest thing ever to like label myself as in like all areas um so yeah I I think I think gender is fascinating I think the social construct is fascinating it's obnoxious and it's terrible but it's really interesting to look into it and break it down and re-identify it and right. reshape like how you think about it yeah I'm really I'm really nerdy about gender studies no I mean listen if it's your thing it's your thing let me ask you this mm-hmm. question I like to have yeah. a conversation about like I'm extremely liberal and I say you know whatever floats your boat whatever it is that you feel you got to go with it now one of the biggest controversies is you know like if a person is transgender let's say a male becomes a woman and then they, it's the whole sports thing. So, mm. so I have a hard, I actually have a hard time with this one because I think that, yeah, they've turned into a woman, blah, blah, blah. They should be able to play. But the problem is they still have male hormones. Not to say that women cannot beat men, but I find that it's not fair sometimes because that person has, a, has a, an advantage, even though they, they're a woman now, <laughs> they have an advantage over the females. What do you think about that? I I have always struggled with this because my mom used to say things like, well, Emily, your biology is different from a man's. And that just right. always inherently pissed me off. Yes, yeah, so I agree. Very much, yeah, I, I really do not like to um, acknowledge biological differences because I don't even know how much I think they exist. I mean, like, obviously there's like physical differences between a male body and a female body. There's different sex organs and whatever. But other than that, I really do not like to box physical capacity in that much. So I'm very, very, very pro if someone is trans and have transitioned. However you identify, I think that's the team you should be on. That's the dorm you should live in. Right. Because um, I also think that opening that door, even if, if you do want to say that there are physical differences, which I think most people will tell me that there are, no matter how much I try to fight it all the time, I think it'll just expand everyone's idea of what people can do, regardless of gender. I just think it'll further break stigma. Like, the more integrated everybody is and the more trans bodies are accepted the same way that cis bodies are. Well, we got two points of view there. Um, I, I agree. I think that everybody should be allowed to do their thing. Um, but, you know, if the, the whole, I mean, I think the whole thing is very complicated. I do, my thing sometimes also with all this, well, you got he, she, did, it annoys me. I can, why do we have to have labels in the reverse space? It's just every day somebody's come up with a different thing and I have to Google and search and, okay, what does this mean? What does this mean about this person? I mean, why do we even have to label? Why can't we just say, okay, we love 
I'm we're human beings and we love different ways, but why do we have to label each other a certain thing? <gasps> I had this conversation with my mom over Thanksgiving because she said the same thing. Um, and it was it was about I think just gender because um, there's a new mayor in Boston and she's the first Asian and the first woman to ever be mayor in Boston. And my mom was like, well, every time they talk about her, they're always like, you know, so-and-so the Asian woman mayor. And like, why do we always have to add that label to her? And my perspective on that is that representation is really, really important. And the default is just very still, very much still white and heteronormative. Right. So I think the more that people have these labels and identities for themselves that they want to share and feel comfortable sharing, the more that people are used to understanding that there's more than what we think the norm is. And I think it's good to sort of remind each other that the reason why everyone is saying that this mayor is the first Asian woman mayor is because it's never happened before, which is crazy and fucked up, but it's never happened. And it happened now. And it's really, really important. So we should acknowledge the fact that it did instead of trying to deny that their identity is not important because identity is important. It's how we all see each other. It's how we all interact. And I agree that boxes can be dangerous. I get into all the time about my own gender identity because I feel like my act of trying not to box myself in like leads me to try to find other boxes, (laughs) which is just like a total mind fuck for me. But I think in general, it really just comes down to representation and vocabulary and people just learning about each other and having the words to learn about each other and feeling more comfortable expressing themselves and having the words and labels to do so. Cause now you can just say, I am this without having to like define it every single time and exhaust yourself. All right. Well, there's the explanation. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I appreciate that. Um, so we're going to play your song, Scroll. Tell us what that's about. That was a song I wrote in the pandemic. Um, <laughs> I was on social media a lot more often, as I'm sure a lot of people were. And I realized that I was having a lot of body image issues because I was just comparing mm-hmm. myself to every single person I saw. And this was something I'd never really dealt with before because I was distracted all the time. I didn't have time to think about like what my stomach looked like in comparison to so-and-so's on Instagram. Um, so I was thinking a lot about that and started writing a melody around it. Right. And then I had a Zoom co-write with my very good friend, Elisa's son, because all of our writing sessions were over Zoom. Okay. And um, I told her what the concept was and she completely, you know, felt for it and agreed with it. So we just, the song out together and I kind of held on to it for a little while I demoed it a completely different way I demoed it in a very very pop way because my original plan was like I'm going to pitch this to somebody else and then when it came down to me um making the set list for my own EP I was like this is a song that I I talk about nip slips this should be mine (laughs) so I redid it in like my genre world and it comes out on Friday, and I'm really excited about it. All right, let's play. Morning routine. Coffee in the kitchen. Close my feet. This is my daily addiction. If I post an episode, well, I get more engagement.
because that gets the most laughs and the most shock value reactions. So it's really fun for me to <laughs> like watch the audience's face change when I rhyme depression with erection. Yeah, I think that is, yeah, yeah, that's definitely the one that's going to get you the most reaction probably <laughs> three ways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that one's just, and it's also just melodically well, it's just a fun song for me too. Okay. Um, so what is your songwriting process like? And if you deal with writer's block, how do you deal with that? Um, My songwriting process has changed over the years. I used to kind of write everything at once, and I would write it all at once, like melody, lyrics, concepts, and I would never edit it. It would just be like, here's my expression, here's my word vomit, this is my song, done. And ever since I moved to Nashville, I've sort of been thinking about songwriting in a much more strategic way. I co-write a lot now, which I didn't used to do before, which has really helped with the writer's block. I feel like I don't deal with it as much because when you're in a room with somebody else, it's like easier for inspiration to like be sparked when you have another brain in there. Um, right. I'm usually melody first now. I'm very melody heavy. Uh, my lyrics have gotten better since I've been here and been writing as much as I have, but I'm, melody definitely comes easiest to me. And okay. I love to top line. I work with a lot of producers who will usually just hand me a track and I'll just write melody and lyrics over it. Um, I find that to be the most freeing way to write, ironically, when I don't have to think about like what the instrumentation is supposed to be under it. I feel like I just have so much room to just do whatever melody I want. Now, where is the, where is the oddest place where you came up with this song? Where's the what place? Sorry. Oddest. Weird. Oh, oh. <laughs> You're like, oh. Has there been a really odd place? I really wish I had a good answer for that. I wish I could be like, I was in bed with someone and I thought of three-way, but that's not how it happened. Um, I don't think I have any weird places. I do what a lot of people, I'm sure, say. Like, I'm in the car or I'm in the shower. I'm walking a dog. I dream things sometimes. I'll dream melodies. So do I. Oh. Yeah, and I'll wake up and be like, crap, that's already a song, because in my dream it was already a song, and then I'm like, wait, no, it's not. I have to remember it right now. I think that um, for me, and I always say this, always, the, the shower. The shower. Yeah. I can create the best songs in the shower and then forget them. You know, I try to repeat mm-hmm. them, try to put my phone and all that stuff, and I'm like, no, 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 I can't remember, I can't remember because I'm getting older because I'm the oldest dirt. And so... I'm just like, oh, my God, that was the best thing. And somebody told me it's because, you know, you're by yourself or you're not by yourself. I don't know. Um, that the the water the water is very soothing. So um, mm. that you're very comfortable. You're not you, you don't you, you don't have a care when you're in the shower because you're just comfortable. You're just relaxed. You're more relaxed in the shower. And that's why things come come to you. And so I've been telling people nobody better take my idea. So I want to create something <laughs> where 
you have a gadget that you know do, does away with the water sound, um, and then you just press a button, you can just sing. You know, you can come up with your idea. So I told somebody about that, and they um, they mentioned to me that there that there was like a waterproof pad. Oh, I, I bought it. I, I don't know where I put it, but anyway, I bought it and I'm going to use it. She said her husband bought it for her, and it's like waterproof. It's like you can write on pencil, pen, or whatever, and you can come up with ideas. So I am definitely going to be using that because I, 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 I just, just, just like last night, I came up with stuff, and I'm thinking, okay, you bought the damn thing. Why don't you have it in the damn shower with you? So just to let you know, there's something out there like that. That's there, awesome out there like that that you too can use <laughs> if you ever <laughs> keep that stuff in your head <laughs> damn it um I did have you... this day when back uh-huh. when I was still working in the office before the pandemic right. where I kept having these song ideas and had to run to the bathroom and record them all in like the public stall you see that's what I, you see yeah. you, you understand you understand yeah. the dilemma that we face um, with this mm-hmm. song stuff because some of our stuff can just come out of nowhere. You could be sitting somewhere and all of a sudden there's the, the song idea comes through. Like, well, we're lucky that we have phones now where you can have like a voice recorder and just record whatever. Yeah. But, you know, um, sometimes uh, you don't have that. <laughs> and, Mm-mm. you know, you come up with some, some awesome ideas and you try to repeat, repeat, repeat. By the time you get home, you're just like, what did I say? And that really Yeah. That really yep, it does. Um, what do you like better? Do you like the writing process um, and recording process when you, when you, you know, you've written the thing, you've gone into the studio, or do you like listening to the final results? My is, favorite part is actually the middle uh-oh. My favorite part is when the song has been written and it's done and it's new and I'm really excited about it and the track is starting to be built. So it's right before I actually record any vocals Okay. and we're just like building what the sound is and what the sonic landscape for the song is. Right. That part I find the most exciting. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. I like, um, I like the end results. I like, you know, I, well, I kind of like the part where you're putting the, you're saying, okay, I want this, these instruments and um, I want this and everything comes together. And then I like the end result uh, of everything. Because sometimes I'll just say, well, I'll pick the oddest combination and mm-hmm. uh, and it'll come out really well. My, my I love my producer because he doesn't care. He'll just like, okay, what, it's whatever you want. Let's see how we can make this work. So um, mm-hmm. I do like that. Um, so we're going to play your song, Someone Else. Tell us what that is about. Yeah, uh, this song I wrote with another writer who used to live in Nashville. She lives in Florida now, named Anna Klein, two years ago. And okay. we wrote it when I was still very much in the I'm solely a writer headspace. Um, but the concept was a concept that I brought into the write that day where I was like, you know, my mental health makes me feel like there's someone else living in my head who's not me. And then, like, doing all this crazy stuff and, like, thinking all these shitty things. Right. Um, and Anna really liked that. So we wrote someone else. It happened really, really fast. It was really easy. And I really liked the song. I was like, damn it, I need to demo this. I need to get it pitched. And then a month later, I was at someone's housewarming party. And it was a national housewarming party. So of course, there was like a writer's round circle and everyone like (laughs) passed around the guitar and played a song. So I played this song for the first time. And I almost cried, which has never (laughs) happened to me before. I've never cried over my own stuff. Um, Mm. And I kind of had that moment of, well, I guess I have to do something with this now if it's making me that emotional. Uh, so I started, like, I recorded it before the pandemic, still thinking that I was going to pitch it to somebody else. Um, and then of course that didn't happen. Um, it was a combination of like no one else taking it and then me just feeling like really, really attached to the song. And it was funny because the same week that that song came out was the week I 
saw my psychiatrist for the first time and got the actual anxiety diagnosis. So it felt really fitting that that song came out where it's all about my anxiety. So it was just, it was a really weird, very, very weird week for me. But I love the song a lot. It's still my favorite song that I've put out thus far. And I like that. My EP exists. Yeah. You have to love your music, so let's play it. Can't go anywhere without tripping on the clothes you left lying around. have a song right now that is sort of in talks to be on the show which is really really cool and I don't want to like jinx anything but right, hopefully that will happen yeah um yeah sync is definitely a world that I've been thinking about and trying to get more involved in yeah because the way that I you know I hear your 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 voice you definitely have the voice for um uh uh, for uh, thank for being on the show. Thanks, thank you. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so, how do you like to work um, in regards to how collaborations? Do you like the collaborative spirit of things, or do you prefer writing yourself? What do you love? I love collaborating. Um, I didn't think I would. Nashville is a very, very collaborative city, so I was kind of forced into writing with other people. <laughs> When I moved here, and at first I was very anxious about it, was not into it, um, didn't believe I would be able to write my best work with another person in the room because I'd just be so anxious about what they, they thought about what I was writing. Right. Um, but my tune about that has completely changed. I love writing with other people. Even if I'm just working with 
another producer, if I've written the whole song by myself, I, mm-hmm. still having another creative person in the room who I trust to like bounce ideas off of. Cause I'm also very extroverted. So I get a lot out of bouncing things off of people right? and talking through my ideas out loud. Well, that's, you know, one thing, one thing, like I do Americana, I do all that good stuff. And one of the things that I've learned recently, or not, because I was in a, a songwriter session is how much um, uh, in country music, they like you to uh, rhyme <laughs> with yes, everything. they do. They love a rhyme. Why? Because my thing was like, isn't it the whole point is to, to tell a story? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, um, woo, they like to rhyme. They like to rhyme. They like to rhyme. And I was just like, I feel really. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. I feel like I can't fully comment on this as someone who is not at all part of the country music world, but from what I've witnessed of it and what I've heard about it from people who are involved, country very much seems super limiting to me. Mm. It's very, it's rooted in being repressed. Um, It's formulaic. (laughs) And, uh, the the institution is still racist, it's still homophobic, it's still sexist. So I there's a lot of like having to fit a mold when it comes to country music still. And right. Nashville has a really big problem with that because even though there's so much other amazing music happening in the city, country is still the thing that gets the spotlight. So unless you do country as well as fit whatever they think a country artist should be, you're gonna have a bit of a hard time getting attention from anyone on the industry side and hopefully that's changing there are like plenty of people in country specifically who are like breaking those barriers and like I said before like adding more representation and like putting their identities in the mix and also making like really incredible music at the same time but it's still not the majority right yeah Um, so I I clearly have a lot of opinions about country yeah (laughs) I do agree with you um, you are right in regards to to how country music is the way that they are, um, and they're trying to you know grow up a little bit here. It's, it's baby steps, baby steps. Um, because mm. uh, I had you know I tried to join the CMA Association a couple of years ago. Mm. Thing is very hard though. They're like, oh, you have to be a full time. It's had to be all country, country, blah blah. And I said, yeah. yeah you guys are it's almost like you discriminate against other people based on even your criteria they're like oh you have to have these sales have you ever been on billboard charter i feel like you do know that they're independent artists you do know that not everybody has deep pockets so i'm trying again let's see what they say this time around um let's see well, I yeah hope it goes better for you this time Let, let's see what they say because i like to uh-huh um <laughs> You heard me, uh huh. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. What is? Um, but I'm. I'm. Thank you for your feedback on that. Um, what? You're is welcome. The, thank you. What is the one thing you wish you had known before you got into the music industry? Oh no, no, not one thing. Three things. Sorry. Oh, three things. I wish. I, wow, that's hard because I still feel like there's so much stuff I don't know. No, Um, no, but you probably had some preconceived notions about what it would be like to work in the music industry. I wish I, I feel like all these three things are kind of rooted in perspective too. I wish I knew that I didn't have to be for everybody. I used to take it really, really personally if anyone in the industry like wasn't really into what I was doing because I kind of looked at them as like the end all of my career. And that's not true. And it saved me a lot of anxiety coming to that realization where like people, like the people who are going to like my music are going to like my music and the people that don't. And I can't control that. 
you know, and it doesn't mean that my music is bad because I've also wish I knew in the past, I wish I knew that no one actually knows what they're doing. No one in the industry knows what they're doing. No one knows what's going to make a hit. Everyone is just throwing darts at nothing and hoping that something sticks. I had a phone call last year with um, an A&R representative and I think I asked him something like, what do you, like, what advice could you give me? Like someone who is like having a fresh new artist career, like what is your advice? Mm-hmm. And they were just like, find your fans. Mm. And I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I, like he didn't follow up with like how I could do that or anything. <laughs> just like, like that was it, find your fans. And I'm like, great, thanks. I kind of like, duh, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I, I really wish I didn't, yeah, put so much power into people that also, like, are kind of shooting in the dark, too. Right. Um, like, I think half the time people don't want to bet on someone is because they're afraid of their own career. True, true. Because like, if it doesn't work, like, they're going to lose everything that they've worked for. Like, no one... It's all a mess. <laughs> the music industry is like I would not want to be a part of any other industry, but it like it's, it's honestly a little bit of a mess. Um, and I wish I knew that I didn't have to sound like anybody else. And you don't, because I think there was a lot of thank you. <laughs> I think there was a lot of um, like in the early stages of my musicality there was a lot of um mimicking like I mimicked Alvin Levine I mimicked like a lot of the early 2000s and even when I was in college like I was still doing some of that because you're kind of taught that like this was successful so you should do this and if you try not to do that people tell you that you're doing it wrong but what people really want is something that they haven't heard before but no one knows what that is until they hear it Right. So until it's the right thing that no one's heard before, they're all going to be like, it's too different. I can't, I can't touch it. Like, right. I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how this is going to go. So yeah, I, just to reiterate, I kind of wish I realized how scared everybody is. Even the people that are hugely millionaire successful. No one knows right. where the industry is going ever, which is kind of exciting. True. And um, you're right. Um, we don't want to sound like everybody else. It, the, the the music industry is very confusing because you'll go to different people and they'll say, well, if you're going to write for us, we don't want you to write like this person or write for uh, this particular artist. Like, for example, Rihanna, if you're sending us something, it has to be different. And then you give it to them. Yeah. Or you, and they'll be like, well, this is not Rihanna. But uh, yeah, we just, like we don't have anybody different. Different. Yeah, so it's crazy. And I do always tell people try to sound like yourself, like not anybody else. Obviously, if you're doing cover, you're a cover band, go for it. Sing like the artist that you want to sing like. Um, but yeah. yeah, you have to have your own uniqueness. You have to stand out of the crowd. Um, that's the way the music industry is going these days. Um, mm-hmm. Even though you listen to the radio and everything sounds the same when um, they find new artists is because they've done something different or sometimes they've taken somebody else's song and, and made it different. And they're like, Oh, I didn't even understand that perspective, but you're right. The bottom line in the music is, industry is like music is very uh, subjective. You're going to have people. That yeah. are gonna love you. You're going to have people that are not going to like you, but the bottom line, you have to like you. You have to like your own mm-hmm. music. You have to love your music. And I tell people all the time, if you can't listen to your own, any of your music on repeat for for an hour straight, don't put it out. I can do that. I love my music. I don't that's, put anything that I don't put out. I don't. Love your own damn music. That's good advice. It is. Yeah. It's like love your own damn music because this mm-hmm. is a part of you. This is what you're giving out to the world. No matter what the subject, the topic, breakup, whatever the case may be, this is all you that you're putting out there. <laughs> well, whatever you do, mm-hmm. whatever energy that you're putting out there in it, 
is the energy that's coming from your soul. So you better love yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, it's so important. It's so important how we feel about the things that we put out there in the universe. Um, but thank you so much, Emily. Oh, my God, the time has gone by so fast. Um, I'm glad that we got to chat, that I got to get to know you, to hear your fantastic voice, to learn, you know, which, how you feel about sexuality and everything that's out there and that you are your authentic self. This is very important to me. Because I'm looking, I'm always looking for artists that are authentic, that are not afraid just to be, just to be. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for having me. I've highly enjoyed talking to you as well. I'm really glad we could connect. I really enjoyed our conversation. This was really fun for me. So thank you. And then maybe one day we can do an Instagram live because I do IG live. And we can have. Yeah, that would be awesome. All world watch us chat. I would love that. And it would be great to like kind of see your face. Yep. There you go. It's always Mm. awesome. All right, everyone. This was Chatting with Nat with the awesome singer-songwriter, Emily Rona. And you can find her on emilyrona.com. She's also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Guess what? You can also Google her, find her. You'll love her music. You'll love her because she's awe-inspiring. She's somebody to watch. You're going to see her name in life. Until next time on Chatting with Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.